Hello and welcome to the Mindset Coach Podcast, the show where coaches and coaches-to-be tune in to learn how to integrate mindset coaching tools and neuroscience-based techniques into their practice and grow and scale a coaching business they love. Each week, I'll be sharing easy-to-implement tips, case studies, and business strategies that you can use right away to transform your own mindset and the mindset of those you coach. I'm your host, Lara Young, founder of the Mindset Coach Academy, author of 52 Adventures to Change Your Life, award-winning business owner, coach, and coach trainer. Tune into this podcast each Friday, free on all the podcasting apps, and click to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And remember, mindset is everything. So hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Mindset Coach Podcast. My guest today is Leslie Thomas, founder of the Money Confidence Academy. As a passionate financial mindset strategist, mentor and coach, Leslie specializes in empowering individuals and businesses to develop a positive and productive relationship with money. She firmly believes that true financial success goes beyond just the numbers. It requires deep understanding of our own behavior, beliefs and emotions surrounding money. Welcome, Leslie. Hi there, Lara. Thank you very much for having me on. Oh, absolute pleasure. And I know we've chatted in a very early episode of the Mindset Coach podcast all about money mindset. And I know that you now have a focus around supporting teenagers with financial literacy and their relationship with money. Why is this important to you? You know, sometimes you can be doing something and you can't necessarily appreciate how important it is until somebody points it out to you. And that's exactly what happened to me. I have been coaching um, a year 10 group here in Wiltshire for the last two years. So I've been coaching in the region of probably 200 children across that time period. Uh, Something I absolutely loved to, to do and was really passionate about, but I never thought about expanding it beyond the one school that I was supporting. Until I had a conversation with a group of parents about six months ago, Mm. talking about what I did. And they said, oh, my goodness, I would love it if my children had that kind of support in their school. Mm. And it was like a light bulb going on in my head, thinking, why did I not think of this before? Why did I not think of actually taking what I do and expanding it out? The initial plan was to create a program for parents to purchase for their teenagers and for the teenagers to go through the online self-paced program themselves with their parents if they wanted to, independent of their parents if they wanted to. But then I thought, well, actually, financial awareness, financial literacy in the UK is being taught in very, very few schools. Why is that? Partly because of resources, but partly because there isn't the information, there isn't the platform out there for schools to readily take it and adopt it. So that's what I've created. Brilliant. It sounds wonderful. It certainly sounds like something, as you say, that is very much needed. We've had an exploration, haven't we, on previous episodes about what money mindset means for business owners and adults. What does the term money mindset mean for teenagers? Is there a difference there? 
There's a difference in its application, I mm. think, mm. but the difference can be relatively subtle. And I think that is the really interesting part. Mm. For me, it's teenagers that I am working with. So it's children aged between approximately 13, because actually I am coaching slightly younger now, 11 up to 17 or 18. And they've already you know, come into contact, already have established their relationship with money. Yeah. They just have not necessarily thought about it in terms of anything other than the hard currency of yeah. money. When actually, as you know, it isn't the hard currency that is the limiting factor. It's the limiting beliefs that have started way back in their childhood as a result of their parents' relationship with money and how at their really young age, lots of them are already limiting themselves in terms of the belief that they have around what is possible for them. Yeah. And for me, that is the really key aspect. If you are with a group of children and some of them already have lost belief in what is available for them, being able to take them back into understanding that negative conversation that they are having with themselves, they are in control of it. Yeah. They just need to make different decisions in order to take different action, change their behaviours, and then the world becomes their oyster. And it's yeah. giving them back that self-belief. Mm. As adults, our behaviours with money can be very, very different. You know, we can we, we can look to, for self-gratification through money. We can look to, you know, we get into debt. We, we use money to make ourselves feel better. Children do that to a certain extent, but they have less access to money. And therefore, it's the beliefs around self-worth, self-value, they are the things that I am influencing and getting them to feel self-empowered in terms of going to find the information, processing the information, and then deciding what to do with it. So the thing, so there's a couple of really interesting points that you've raised that I'd really want to come back to. And but the first question I've got for you really is. What are these children, what are the beliefs that these children are holding, that these teenagers are holding? What are they saying to themselves and to you about money? What are some of the phrases that you hear them say, you know, often in your sessions? It can, it can be as simple as I'm, I'm never going to be rich. I'm never going to be able to buy my own house. So and that, that tech, because one, one of the first exercises I do with them is to get them to think about their future self. What are they going to be doing in 10 years time and get them to describe the kind of life they're going to be living, the kind of money they're going to be earning, the kind of people they're going to be hanging out with, et cetera, et cetera. And to already believe for some of them, that they're never going to own their own house. Mm. That is shocking to already by 14, 15, to think that so much of what we took for granted when we were younger 
is not possible for them. Some of them do absolutely have real strong belief in what is possible for them. And that is brilliant. But for me, it's about empowering children to realize that truly at the age they are at, there is no limits, only the limits that they are putting on themselves. And by not having access, first of all, to financial literacy, so information to help them inform their decisions, but also layered onto that to realize that our own sense, self-worth, self-value gets projected onto our relationship with money. So some of them, you know, will say, you know, if people who don't have money, you know, I feel sorry for them. I don't want to be them. I want to learn how that happened to them so I can avoid ending up in that situation. Some will say about people who are wealthy, they just show off. Look at their flash car. Look how they're behaving. Rich people aren't nice people. So it's all the languaging that they they have picked up from their parents. But when you reflect it back to them, when you give them a different opinion to consider, it opens up a completely new world for them where they realise they can form their own opinions. They don't have to just rely on the opinions that they've heard of those people around them. So when you've done when you've done work with them around where does this belief come from? Is it true? Is it absolutely true? Do they do they say it's it's my parents? It's what I hear my parents talk about, and that's very. I mean that is incredibly common right from the early imprint stage. As we know that we're sponges, we're absorbing all those beliefs that our parents have and the you know adult role models around us. And I wonder as well, just in you know this age of social media for teenagers in particular, I don't think there's many teenagers that spend long away from their phone, how much does social media and the peer pressure associated with that really influence their spending habits, their, you know, views about money, do you think? Massively, massively. But again, how it affects them can be, you know, massively polarised. So yeah. for some children, it can, it, it can set completely unrealistic expectations of what they need to do in order to be successful in life. You know, some think that I will just become, you know, an influencer for a particular clothing brand. Yeah. And that's it. That's it. I'm, I'm a YouTuber. That's my career. Exactly. And that's, that's exactly, I don't need to work hard in school because I'm going to be famous. Whereas others will look and see people's success in social media and believe that it makes them feel inferior. I will never have that. I will never be as good as, I'm not as pretty, I'm not as thin, I'm not as successful and go the other way. So it is about opening up their eyes to the reality of the life they want to create for themselves. Absolutely find those role models, but actually find those role models that are going to project the right kind of lifestyle, how they got there. Because as we know, very often on social media, people paint an image of the life they want you to think they have, yes. whereas the reality is very different. So it's allowing children to be really, really mindful of the information they're taking in, what behaviours that is causing in them and what the results they're getting as a result of it. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting. I mean, you talked before about that person's rich, they're a show-off. I don't want to be poor like them or like other people. Does your program influence people who are from different socioeconomic backgrounds? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, what I have done is combine both financial awareness information with mindset. So actually combining the two so that as a person goes through the course, they are actually thinking about not only the information that they are garnering, because, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I know from statistics in the UK that 87% of 11 to 18 year olds feel they know very, very little about how money works. So Mm -hmm. for me, the programme was really important to provide that level of information. So they felt comfortable and confident about knowing the basics. Mm -hmm. They then felt encouraged to go and find out more, but actually to pair that with the mindset piece. So they entered this, this program, feeling, thinking in a particular way, but come out the other end, exploring, being curious, wanting to find out more for themselves and believing in what is possible for themselves. So where they are, as far as, you know, the wealth their parents do or don't experience is totally irrelevant. That the baseline for the program is you want to know more about money and understanding your mindset around money is absolutely part of that. 100%. I mean, I remember when I was in what they called year 10 at school, we had a subject called commerce. And commerce essentially was a slight foray into, you know, how the world works in terms of money and economics. And also it taught you about how to write a check. I don't think I've ever written a check in my life. But anyway, so, but I think that that information back then was pretty useless in terms of thinking about the practicalities of money because, you know, when you are a teenager, sure, you have a have a job, have babysitting, you might get pocket money from your parents, but you still, I don't think, have a real concept of money and what money does and how it and how it works. Are you finding with teenagers, I mean, have you got, do you find that they do tend to have jobs? I mean, my 14-year-old niece, for example, has got a job at the local Kmart on the weekends. I know a lot of a lot of teenagers do start to do that. They want to start to save up and have their own money. But what is their experience of of having money and, and earning money from your from your perspective? What have you discovered? Yeah. And again, I think, you know, it's very similar today in terms of children, the majority, not all, but the majority of children wanting to get a job because they want to have more money. They want to be able to make decisions about their money. And Mm -hmm. I think for us as parents, we need to encourage that because for me, you know, there's three main things that a child can be doing as soon as they understand the concept of money, you know, and that is creating a budget, yes. saving, 
and financial goals. And mm. you can make it very, very age relevant. Yes. We very often think that we have to be very protective of our children when it comes to money. But actually, we can be too protective because when they then go to university or go to their first proper job and they've not had that real grounding in understanding how money works, that is when they then get into trouble. So we mm. need to allow our children to make safe mistakes, you know, spend too much of their pocket money if they choose to, but they're then left with the rest of the time period with not the, the amount of money they ideally would like to have or yeah. to overspend on money they've had for their birthday and then not have enough money to buy the other thing that they wanted. And mm. for us as parents to be able to sit back and allow them to make those safe mistakes can only be done when we allow them to start their first you know, job. That might be a newspaper round, it might be babysitting, but then go into a more formal job where they get a pay slip, where they start to understand there's going to be deductions, to understand what those deductions are and how those deductions are, you know, paying for society, you know, as far as taxes are concerned, paying in towards their pension when they are older. And the more we can get them familiar with those concepts, the more we are empowering them and the more we are giving them real life experience in all the things they need to know, which lots of us of our age have had to learn through our mistakes because we weren't taught them at school. Yeah, we weren't taught them at school or our parents didn't talk about money. Nope. You know, that's exactly. the other thing. So, Absolutely. And the interesting thing is I've got two daughters, as you know, they're now nine and 11 and they get pocket money. And I've got one who really understands the concept of delayed gratification. If I want something, I'm going to save. I might spend, you know, part of my pocket money each week and I'm going to save part of it so that I can then, you know, buy that thing that I really want. Whereas my other daughter is like, I want it and I want it now. And it's interesting, even at this age, just noticing those different money personalities and the different money archetypes in, you know, my own children. And it's all about consequence, isn't it? And helping them to make decisions. Yeah. Yeah. And I have exactly the same with my two boys, my youngest delayed gratification, likes to plan out his money, likes to portion it out into different saving pots. My 17-year-old has always been, as soon as I've got it, I need to spend it. <laughs> and it's really interesting. Now they both understand their money archetypes. They are making different decisions slowly, but our children, you know, are and can be hugely different in so many ways. And to help them to understand how they're behaving with money, how those behaviours may not all be particularly helpful to them, again, helps them in terms of creating that sense of responsibility and making the right decision. Want to learn more about how you can become a certified mindset coach? Head on over to our website, www.mindsetcoachacademy.com forward slash coach certification, and you'll find all the information that you need along with a button to book a call with me to talk about how you can become the best coach you can be.
let's think about that because you know we're both parents and there's a lot of parents listening to this episode so how can parents or guardians really support their teens in developing a positive money mindset what can what can we be doing I think you hit the nail on the head when you said talk about money more but talk about money in terms of what is going on in the household. Include your children in the decisions around weekly shopping budget. Include your children in decisions around where we're going on holiday and how we're going to plan for the money required for that holiday. Talk to your children about what it takes to run a house in terms of utility bills, council tax, mortgage, rent, etc., etc. Get them familiar with all the things that we come to take for granted, but for children is a complete mystery. A friend of mine weeks ago told me about something that she does with her seven-year-old, which I think is brilliant. Once a week, she gets her seven-year-old to plan out a meal for the family. There's four of them in the family. Plan out a meal for the family. So choose the ingredients, how much you know he needs to have, et cetera, et cetera. Then they go to the shop together to do the weekly shop. He has to choose the ingredients for that meal based on a particular set amount of money. And that's teaching him to understand, you know, shop brand versus expensive brand versus whatever's going on that particular week as far as an offer, et cetera, is concerned. So there's lots of ways we can involve our children that is very, very age relevant, isn't overwhelming for them, but gets them curious, gets them involved and makes them realize that money doesn't grow on trees for one thing and that you have got to be able to work out how much do you have how far do you need it to go and therefore make decisions from that perspective so for me this isn't about making it complicated it's about looking at our everyday way of of interacting with money and just including our children in that conversation. And I think there's a real balance. There needs to be a balance between, on the one hand, you know, being playful and fun with money, and on the other hand, stressing the hell out of our kids because we've got this bill and that bill and, you know, this money's got to come out, et cetera. And I think that's a real responsibility for parents because if we've got any stress or any you know, issues around our finances or our own money mindset, we can then be actually further embedding that, making it worse rather than more effective. So in what ways can parents talk about money with their children in a way that isn't, you know, here's all the bills, here's all the bills, you know, piling the stress on, but that is, you know, quite playful and that won't really then make things worse in terms of their perception and relationship to money because, you know, children can, I know, feel guilty about things if they think that money's being spent, et cetera. So what tips do you have for that, Leslie? I think it's a case of right from the beginning being very, very aware that children are picking up on our language, they're picking up on our emotions, they're picking up on those quiet little whisperings that are going on in a corner. So if there are stresses in the family, to try and ensure the child 
does not have any awareness of the stresses that are happening at that point in time. So have the conversations you need to have with an adult, but do it right away from the children because children do pick up on those messages, first of all. But also to make children you know, very, very aware that in running a household, in school holidays, there are expenses that need to be planned for. There yes. are expenses that you can't plan for, but you have to anticipate. So to have an emergency fund, et cetera, so that money is there, should the boiler break down, should you need a new set of car tires, etc. So it's about taking a child on that journey with you so that they feel informed. Because I think when we are informed about something, we feel less scared about it. It's when we have no knowledge and all of a sudden something is put in front of us or we overhear a conversation out of context, even potentially, that is when we start to make our own judgments. We have our own beliefs that could be completely different to the actual situation. So this isn't about overwhelming a child. It's not about showing them your electricity bill, you know, is in the red or that it's gone up by an astronomical amount. Just making them aware that things happen because, again, they're picking up that up on the news. You know, children right now will probably have never heard the word inflation as much as this generation is. We didn't overly hear about it, you know, when we were growing up. But just to make them aware of what is inflation, why is it particularly high at the moment? You know, it's going to be coming down. It's going, and it is coming down because of X, Y, and Z. So actually have the conversation that is relevant to their age, give them the information that they need and answer their questions because they will be the director of what they need. So be led by them, but be very, very aware, as we know, children are very, very perceptive. And we might think we're having a quiet conversation in private with an adult when actually our children are picking up on our body language they're picking up on the words we're using and that is what scares a child more because they come to their own conclusions and they come to their own limiting beliefs with regards to what is going on in that quiet conversation yeah absolutely and I think the thing is I I know that there will be some parents out there listening to this who think gosh I don't have my own money mindset sorted. I don't have my own. I'm not even financially aware. Everything Leslie's talking about, I don't do a budget. I don't put money for away for a rainy day if the boiler's going to break down. So talk to us about the resources that you have for, for adults, for money mindset, but also about your money and mindset made simple for teenagers and how and how that all works. Okay, so absolutely. I am very, very conscious and aware that when it comes to money mindset, when it comes to our relationship with money, it has to begin in the home. We mm. cannot simply say it's not taught in schools. That's mm. not good enough. We as parents have got to take responsibility and start having those conversations in a very fun, playful way when our children you know, are very, very young. But when we are not equipped 
with that knowledge, with that information, just like anything else. When we are not equipped ourselves, we will shy away from having those conversations because we don't feel capable of having those conversations. So the program has been designed absolutely with teenagers in mind, but actually it runs on two levels. So parents can sit down and do it at the same time as their teenagers if they want to. Or they can do it completely independently. The teenager is up in their bedroom, they're going through the program, the parent is downstairs in the living room, and they are going through the program. And that is absolutely why I have designed it, that access to the program is for the family. It's not for the individual, it is for the family. Because there is nothing in that program that parents will not equally benefit from as their teenager. Even parents who are completely financially savvy will have mindset issues around their relationship with money. So there is plenty in there for everybody. So one big thing for me in creating this program, you know, has been to say repeatedly through it, this is not about me giving you a degree in finance. This is about me giving you the basics, giving you the tools for you to then curiously go out and find out more. To have, because very often when we have a small amount of information, we feel relatively confident to put our hands up and say, I didn't quite understand that. Could you explain that better? Or, oh, I really like that concept. I'm going to go and I'm going to find out more. But we need to have that that first layer of confidence in order to become curious. So for me, I would absolutely say to a parent, get the course, not just for your teenager, but get it for yourself as well. Because then what we are doing is creating an environment where the child can come to the parent, they can have this open conversation, the child can say, I really want to start thinking about saving. I really want to start thinking about the goals I want, because the goals will vary as well. You know, a seven-year-old will probably want to save for the next Build-A-Bear, whereas a 16-year-old is going to be wanting to think about driving license, driving lessons. Mm. So together to be able to sit down and feel confident and not feel, you know, when it comes to technology, for example, you, you're probably here at that stage already where you're saying to your children, how do I do this on Instagram? <laughs> how do I do this on TikTok? I certainly am. We don't want that to be the case with our children. We don't want it to end up with our children and telling us about money because we haven't had the confidence to go out. It's not good enough in today's society where we have access to information to just say, well, I didn't have this when I was a child. I didn't have this when I was a teenager. So I don't know when actually you can go out, you you can equip yourself with the knowledge. You just need to start off with the desire to want to do it and then to work out the how. So this program has been designed very much like a Disney film on two levels. There's something for the adults and there's plenty in there for the children. And combining the two together creates that curious conversation that builds confidence. 
So how do you and 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 so how does how does it actually work? What what format is the program in? How long will it take people to go through? Can you share a bit about yeah, that with absolutely. us as well? Yep. So it is six units. Each mm-hmm. unit is around about 35 minutes. It's a video tutorial, essentially, with a workbook per unit. There mm-hmm. are four, four, there's currently three, but there's going to be four additional bonuses. The mm-hmm. bonus videos are for older children. So children who have started that you know that their first job where they're getting a payslip so helping them to understand payslips helping them to understand taxation helping them to understand national insurance etc and then the fourth unit that I've been asked to add by one of the schools that I'm working with is around student loans in the UK because student loans in the UK have changed and they've become really really complicated so I've added something or I'm adding something in specifically on student loans but the first six units um, are all around the the basics of understanding money, the basics of managing money, investing, understanding all the different you know investment options, etc. Understanding the power of compound interest, understanding. I've termed this word, this phrase, LSIP. An LSIP means earn, learn, invest, plan, protect. Mm-hmm. Earn, learn, save, invest, plan, protect, and getting children to understand that concept. Because if as adults, if we all understood that concept as a child of earn, learn, save, invest, plan, protect, we would be set for life. Because mm-hmm. that is the basis of everything we need to know um, around money. So it's six videos, it's six workbooks, there's four additional bonuses. It's it's sitting on a platform called Kartra. You literally get your, your password and then you can watch it at leisure whenever suits you. On the move, in your house, on the train, whatever suits you, basically. You work through the videos and then the workbook reinforces and gives you additional homework essentially just to build on that level of knowledge yeah okay great and what about and so if someone if someone if a parent is taking the course and they want to reach out but they realize that they've got you know some money mindset blocks you know that they need to do some work what what do you have for them do you have some one-on-one things that they can do. Absolutely. So within the academy, you know, we provide, we provide, you know, one-on-one support. I have a VIP, uh, a VIP day. If people want to come in and have a, you know, a relatively short, impactful few hours with me. I have a group program that I'm relaunching later on this year. I have a shorter program. I'm bringing out another online program specifically for adults later on this year. So there's a whole plethora of support depending on what the individual is looking for. Yeah, absolutely. I think because this is the thing, you can know how to manage money really effectively and your money mindset can be you know, at odds with that, your behavior, your habits, your emotions around money, your beliefs around money, your values, etc. And you can have great money mindset, but no business or money acumen. So bringing those two together is just so important. So what's one tip that you would like to leave everyone with, Leslie? And I know you've got um, an, a free thing that we're going to put below the episode as well that everyone can can access. So what's one tip? And then tell us about your freebie. I think the one tip would be 
become really aware of the conversation that you're having with yourself. Become Mm. really aware of what you think you become. And I think that is really, really important. And an exercise I give to to my clients, and I get children to think about this as well. And it's a slight, it's a, it's a slight spin on something we've been, you know, we've been told previously, which is carry around a notebook, a journal with you for 24 hours. Every time a negative thought comes into your head, take your notebook, don't write down that negative thought, write it down in the positive. Mm-hmm. Two things happen. First of all, you are creating your own personalized affirmations. I love affirmations, but they have to be personalized. I think, you know, if you're saying to yourself on a daily basis, I am a millionaire, I am a millionaire, I am a millionaire. And then you look in your bank balance and it's not a million pounds in there. That gives the ideal opportunity for your subconscious to say, you're not a millionaire. Why are you wasting your time saying this to yourself? So write down the negative thought, you know, in the positive. And then over that 24 hours, you will start to have a real awareness of my God, do I really talk negatively to myself that many times? Because I think most of us, and I know my clients are, they know they don't have the healthiest conversation with themselves. They know they're not cheerleading themselves in the way they should be, but they're not quite aware how negatively and how frequently they're talking negatively to themselves. So by doing that exercise, what you're slowly starting to do is to create that awareness. And I say slowly over a 24-hour period, it's a very short, really, creating that awareness, but also over that period, you will start to go, oh, it nearly happened then. I nearly started to say something negative to myself. So you start to interrupt it. And as you know, you know, interrupting that pattern that we have established for ourselves can be really, really helpful. So my one tip would absolutely be become aware of how negatively you are talking to yourself and create that change for yourself and start by and start it by taking those negative thoughts that you've turned into a positive thought instead and use those as your daily affirmations right and and let's now share the share the resource that you're going to be having everyone access Okay, so I think the best one right now, again, to help people with that awareness is to complete my money archetypes assessment, because that will give everybody that baseline of where they are as far as their money personality is concerned. What are the strengths, the weaknesses, the gifts? that they have within their top three money archetypes. And to then to start to be able to make decisions around those behaviors that are serving them and those behaviors that are just not working for them at all. Because when we have information, we then have a choice to make. We can either do nothing or we can do something about it, but both are decisions. And when that decision is informed based on the information that we have gathered, then we are putting ourselves in the strongest position to be able to make the right decision. Yeah, absolutely. I think awareness is key and awareness of our our mindset's key, not just in relation to money, but in relation to all aspects of our lives. You know, what are we valuing? How are we behaving? What are our habits like? You know, how what are our emotional responses like in in different situations? So absolutely, I think having that awareness and the sacred money archetypes are really, really interesting and give us an insight into where we can really be leaning into our preferred 
behaviors, our preferred habits and strengths. So yeah, power for everyone there. So I would definitely take that. And is that for adults and teens as well to take, Leslie? Yeah. So the one on my website, so I get the children to do exactly the same one. The Mm -hmm. difference is though, the one for the children that they they do not go on to my email database, Mm -hmm. basically. Yeah. So questions are still very, very relevant. Some of the questions, they may not feel as relevant to them because they, you know, they're geared around people who are, you know, who are adults who are either, you know, in a in a salary job or running their own business. The way I get the children to respond is by think of yourself in 10 years' time. So that particular question, answer it as though you were 10 years in the future. And that works. So if the adult takes the the assessment that's on my website but if you want the assessment for your child just message me and I will send you a link to it which is then not tied up with my database at all so there right. no further communication as far as marketing aspects etc are concerned okay brilliant all right well thank you very much Leslie it's been wonderful chatting with you and to hear about your new program and your new focus around helping teenagers with their money mindset and their money acumen their understanding of the world of money and really great having you here and thank you very much for joining us thank you Lara I've loved the conversation thanks for having me Well, that wraps up this week's episode of the Mindset Coach Podcast. Remember to join us next week for another episode and subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a review if you've loved it. Share it with your friends. And I really look forward to learning how you're implementing the tools and techniques that you're learning here. Mindset is everything.